This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 467. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 467. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday. Hope you're doing well. I am here with a tiny little puppy on my lap. So Piper Dean joined the family and I'm obsessed. I mean, I don't want to be annoyingly obsessed with a puppy, but I am. It's maybe an unhealthy obsession. Someone told me that's not possible to have an unhealthy obsession with a puppy. So I don't know, maybe I'm doing okay, but oh my gosh, she's the cutest thing in the world. If you follow me on social media, You've been seeing lots of Piper. We are having a ton of fun with her. She also like wants to be wherever I am, which I generally love. But like right now while I'm trying to record, she wants to be in my office. Danny wants to be in my office. (laughs) It's just a lot. And so she's currently on my lap, but she's staring at Danny and I can tell she wants to jump on Danny. I can also tell that Danny does not want to be jumped on right now. So if you hear me like shuffling and doing weird things, or I'm randomly like not close enough to my microphone every five words, it's just because I'm wrangling this puppy who is clawing her way down my legs or trying to with her razor sharp little puppy claws. So, but we are having a lot of fun. We had much, much debate in our family about the naming of this puppy. And I do have to tell you my vote. My vote was 
RBG. I wanted her to be a little RBG and call her RB or Ruthie, but I did not win. And I actually, we were like, we knew we were getting her for like a week, a few, maybe like eight or nine days before we actually got her. And so we had been talking about names forever and or that entire time which felt like forever by the time we went to pick her up and literally on the drive there we were still unsure we got her home we were still unsure we couldn't figure out what was sticking and so we did what we did with Vinny and we let Danny name her so some of you may recall that we also could not decide what to name our child and the way we finally decided we were deciding between Vincent and call him Vinny which is what we obviously ended up going with or Oliver And so he was like, I think he was two days old or something. It was like not the day he was born. It took us a minute. We could not decide. And so we put a V on the kitchen floor and an O on the kitchen floor made out of dog kibble. And we decided that whatever, whichever one Danny ate first, that would be this baby's name. So Danny ate the V first. And now we have a seven-year-old named Vinny. And so we could not decide on the name for the puppy. The final two contenders after much, much debate and Ruthie was really like the top one for a while but then the fam finally talked me into Bootsy and Piper as the final two names so we did what we do we put a B on the floor and a P on the floor made out of kibble and we had Danny run in the kitchen and she ate the P first and so here we have little Piper Dean (laughs) and now we have a tradition of letting the dog name all of the new beans in our house, um, which is weird. It's totally weird. I understand that you think that we are very strange people. That's okay. It's totally fine. So anyways, it's been a ton of fun having her here. I am really, really enjoying it. Also, she's a major distraction. And I feel like I was already really distracted in this season of life with having all my family members home at one time. And adding a puppy only makes that exponentially worse. (laughs) But in a mostly fun way. So having tons of fun with her. I am excited about our time together today, though. I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about three questions I want you to ask yourself. And in coming up with answers to these three questions, you are going to create ease, peace, and power in your everyday life. So I want to tell you a little bit about how I came to these questions. So As you know, as you've heard me talking about, we have coming up on August 26th, our Construct Your Core Values Workshop. So Construct Your Core Values is a workshop that I put together after doing a podcast episode on core values a few, probably a month or so ago now, which I will link to the show notes. It's a really, really fantastic episode. And that was episode number 455. So like I said, I'll link it in the show notes, but Go back and listen to that if you haven't, because I got a ton of great feedback on it. And what it made me realize is how many of you are really craving this support around creating your core values. So what ended up happening is I thought after going through all this information on the podcast episode, I thought, well, what if we got together and collaboratively came up with personal core values. Like everyone comes up with their own personal core values, but we do it together in a workshop environment. And The reason I knew this would be extremely valuable is because I've done this before. I've done this in a group setting where I've sat with a partner and come up with my own core values, but had someone else to kind of work through it with and workshop it with. And it made a huge difference. And it was so impactful. And it was hard. It was challenging. And I talked about that in episode 455. It was super hard, but it was also really, really eye-opening. And it gave me 
such a powerful filter through which I could make decisions. And I didn't understand how deeply I needed that. And I'm wondering if maybe you are in a phase like I was in back way back when, when I did this for the first time, where you could really use some ease, peace, and power around how you make decisions. So here's the thing. If you know your core values and you know who you are becoming and what you stand for, all of the sudden decision-making becomes so much easier. And not that it becomes more easy, but it becomes more simple and more clear. So it feels easier. There's a sense of ease to it rather than a sense of like analysis paralysis or a sense of constant confusion or just complete exhaustion from feeling like you have to make so many big decisions. And we are in this season of life where we are having to make a lot of big decisions and really think about like, what do we, what matters most to us and how are we going to stand in our power around that? Because a lot of people around us are making decisions that we maybe don't agree with. And we're having to synthesize huge levels of information and levels of really critical information when it comes to this pandemic, when it comes to this cultural revolution, when it comes to the upcoming election, like the level of information right now that we are having to synthesize and make decisions and commitments around, it's a lot. <laughs> it is big stuff. It is heavy stuff. And some of it is extremely critical as it relates to our health, our personal health, as it relates to the health of our country. Like there, it's just really big stuff. And I know that for me, like I get decision fatigue over like what shirt to put on in the morning. So trying to decide like what my beliefs are around distance learning or around how to support Black Lives Matter or to support how I'm going to talk about this upcoming election or stand up for a certain candidate, like all of that is beyond comprehension sometimes if I'm having a hard time deciding what shirt to put on in the morning, right? So if you are like me and you're someone who struggles with analysis paralysis around things like meal planning and to-do lists and all those little things, I know you relate to the decision fatigue and the analysis paralysis around the much bigger things that we are facing right now. So my goal for you is that you can come up with core values that make it so much more simple and clear when you go to make a decision. And you can reference those core values and immediately notice and own them and embrace them in a way that when you go to make a decision, you can look and be like, oh, wait, but if my top core value is compassion, then it's clear that I need to make this decision in this moment. Or if my top value is security, it's clear I need to make this decision in this moment. Or my top value is health or spirituality or whatever. It's clear I need to make decision A over decision B. And so what can happen when you have these core values in place is you can push through a lot of the analysis paralysis and the decision fatigue. And the analysis paralysis is so strong right now because there's so much noise around everything that many of us, especially extremely conscientious people and hypervigilant people and like over-researchers like myself, where you're like, hold on, I just need to read like three more articles and 13 more like reviews or op-eds or whatever before I make a decision. The noise around that is can make us shut down. It's extremely crippling. I find it to be extremely crippling. It makes it so much harder to make a decision. So if you can always go back to those core values and be like, oh, okay, but these are my core values. So I can stop trying to synthesize every piece of information. I can stop giving myself all of this homework and make a decision based on my values. 
and make a decision based on how I want to be a better citizen or how I want to be a better ancestor. And so this has been really, really helpful for me. And I've actually gone through the process of updating my core values recently. And it's been really amazing. And I'm going to talk through that whole process when we do our workshop. So if you are interested in the workshop on August 26th, go to shamelessmom.com slash values to get signed up. That's shamelessmom.com slash values. And this episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. If you're interested in that, 
what we're going to do is I'm going to talk through exactly how I went through my core values the first time to define them and exactly how I've gone through a second round of this a few years later and how it's shifted and the power in it. So here's the thing, like, first of all, you get this ease and peace around like, okay, like I know who I am and what I stand for now. So it makes it easier to make decisions. And then with that comes power, because here's the deal. When you know what you stand for and you know who you are becoming and you have clarity around that, all of a sudden you feel a sense of power that you didn't feel before. All of a sudden you're like, okay, now that I understand this and I feel this and I'm ready to own it, now I know how I can use my voice around it. But when we have all this uncertainty or hesitance or just confusion around who we are, who we're becoming, what we stand for, how we want to stand for all the things, what have you, it's really, really tricky to use our voice. It's really tricky to move forward in power. And so we often are like, I'm just going to hang out in the back for a minute and like let other people talk because I don't quite know what, how I feel about this. When we have clarity around how we feel, what we stand for and all of that, then all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay, like I got it and I'm ready to talk about it. I'm ready to share. I'm ready to stand up. I'm ready to speak out. I'm ready to lead. All those things. My favorite part about all this is that when you know your core values and you can make decisions from this place of ease and peace and power, there is a confidence that comes with that. And here's the thing. When other people especially other women and other moms, see you making decisions and taking action in your own core values. So when other women and other moms see this, all of a sudden you give them permission to do the same thing. You give them permission to look more critically at what they stand for and to speak up. And this is what you're modeling to your kids. You're modeling to your kids that this is what it looks like to own my values and to confidently embrace them in public ways. And when I say public ways, for some of us, that's like me being on a podcast talking about it. For other people, it's, you know, at a family dinner. For other people, it's in a work environment. Like you get to decide what that means for you in a public way and how you want to share publicly. I don't think that everyone needs to, you know, and I don't expect an in severe introvert to talk about their core values the same way I do. Like I'm a shout it out to the world kind of gal. And I understand that not everyone's that way. But I want you to be able to understand and embrace your core values to the point that you can share them in a way that gives you power and confidence and that you are modeling that to other people, your peers and your children, so that they have permission to do the same thing, so that they see that this is how this is done. And then we end up with a whole new communities of leaders who are women who are doing this, and we end up with a whole new generation of children who are doing this. That's how change is made. And that is extremely powerful. So the three questions, the three questions I want you to ask yourself that are going to give you a ton of clarity around defining your core values. The first question is, what do you stand for? And the easiest way to do, to go about defining this is just to do a brain dump around what you stand for. And sometimes it's even easier to start with what you don't stand for. Like you can, like all the things that make you really angry, you just make a list of those things and then recognize like you stand for the opposite of those things. So you might be, it's interesting. I live in Seattle. Many of you know that. And there's a lot of controversial things happening in Seattle, especially, I mean, it's been happening for a while with the tech boom. We had a lot of a big increase in homelessness as our property values went way up. We also have a really inept city council, which is all also contributed dramatically to a homelessness issue and to a drug abuse issue. And with that comes a lot of mental health issues. And there's just, it's a whole lot of things. If I want to look at my core values, I can want to define what I stand for. I can look at, well, what do I not stand for? 
And there's a lot of people right now who are like, I don't stand for this in Seattle. And there's so many people who are like so angry about being a resident of Seattle and so angry about like my city is not, I don't even recognize it anymore. And, and I don't really have that feeling. I don't share that feeling, but I'm using this as an example. So you can look at like, what do I not stand for? Because sometimes that gives you clarity around what you do stand for. So if you can do a brain dump around like, you know, I stand for mental health benefits. I, and for me, I'm speaking personally, like I stand for mental health benefits. I stand for women's reproductive rights. I stand for children. I stand for marginalized groups. I stand for people that don't have voices. I like all these things are really clear for me. So if I can make a list about this, then it's easy for me to see or to start to see what my core values might be. Right? So what do you stand for? And just do a brain dump of what you stand for. And when you do that, you're going to get excited. And here's the thing about our core values. I think that often we get nervous about sharing our opinion or we feel a little fearful, we feel hesitant because we don't fully own and embrace what we stand for. But if you know really conclusively that you stand for one thing and against something else, all of a sudden you're like, kind of fired up about it. (laughs) And so I wrote my nasty woman manifesto four years ago. And after I did that, I had so much clarity around what I stood for. Previous to writing that, I was really just frustrated with what was happening with the presidential campaign in 2016. I was extremely frustrated and really disgusted, like disgusted. And I felt powerless in it. But as soon as I wrote my nasty woman manifesto, I felt the sense of power. So instead of being stuck in this place of feeling powerless and like not being able to really interpret like how I wanted to show up in this moment, what I wanted to talk about or how I could talk about this, I wrote the manifesto, which is basically was just a list of the things I stand for. And all of a sudden I had this like very positive, high vibe means of feeling powerful, which is totally the opposite of how I was feeling when I was watching our current president talk on TV about nasty women, like watching him talk in such disgusting ways about women was so bothersome to me that I didn't know what to do with that. But when I was able to take that and then decide what I stand for, all of a sudden I was like, oh, now I know. Now I have clarity. Now I have power around this. And now I'm pumped up and fired up. Like now I know what I want to do with this information. Now I know how I want to talk about it. I can synthesize that like, this is so bothersome to me that here's the stand I'm going to take on it. Here's what I'm going to show up for. Here's the conversation that I'm going to be in. So that was extremely, extremely powerful for me. And I know that no matter where you stand on an issue right now, you probably are having a similar experience around what do I stand for and how am I going to show up in my integrity, whatever that looks like, and talk about it and own how I want to show up in that way and own, take the side that I want to side that I want to take or support. And how am I going to do that in a way that is meaningful and impactful and not just like Facebook wars, right? Okay. So that's the first question. That first question is what do I stand for? The second question is who am I becoming? Who are you becoming? So when you think about this, this makes it much more clear what your core values are. So if you know that you are becoming a leader, if you know that you are in the process of becoming a business owner, you are becoming a community organizer, you're becoming an activist or an ally or an advocate, you're becoming a writer, you're becoming a podcaster, like any of the things that you're becoming, you're becoming more compassionate, more empathetic, you're becoming a better listener. Any of these things are going to quickly guide you into core values that mean something to you. So who are you in the process of becoming? 
and really thinking through what does that mean to you? We are all constantly becoming. So Michelle Obama beautifully laid this out in her book over and over in so many different ways, but we are all constantly in the process of becoming. And the beautiful thing about recognizing that is that we are, as soon as we recognize that, there is a sense of momentum that we can embrace and that we can ride. We can embrace and ride that momentum. And that is a gift. It's easy to feel stuck. It's easy to feel stuck right now when the world is big and overwhelming and scary and frustrating and just completely exhausting. But if we think every day I am becoming, then all of a sudden there's this momentum behind it that like, oh, I'm not going to waste today. Even though I don't know what the next right step might be, I'm not going to waste today. Like I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to recognize who I want to become and I'm going to take small steps toward becoming that person. So if you can really clearly identify who that person is, what traits they portray, then you're going to have so much clarity around that and so much clarity again going back to when you make a decision how do you make a decision as that person? So if you're working on becoming a better leader or becoming a better listener or becoming a better ally, when you're faced with a decision in any of those areas, what's the decision that you're going to make based on the person that you want to become? And that makes it really clear and that keeps you in momentum. It keeps you moving forward, which is really powerful. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. The third question is, who are you shedding? 
So if you're constantly becoming someone, you're not just always adding, I mean, you are just always adding to your plate of like, who are you digging more deeply into or who are you embracing and who are you really cultivating deep within? How are you listening inward to cultivate these parts of yourself that maybe you haven't let shine through before? If you are always doing that, if you are always reaching in to figure out how you want to shine more, you also need to be aware of who you are shedding because you will have to shed something in order to shine in new ways. I'm going to say that again. You will have to shed something in order to shine in new ways. So if you are going to be shedding something in order to shine in new ways, what will that look like for you? What do you need to shed? What parts of you do you need to say goodbye to? Maybe you want to be done gossiping. Maybe you want to be done being quiet. Maybe you want to be done taking abusive behavior from other people or observing abusive behavior quietly that other people are perpetrating. Who are you shedding? When you know who you are shedding, you can, again, have clarity around what you want to own, what you want to embrace, the core values that mean the most to you right now. The really great thing about core values is that they can be dynamic. When I went through this core values exercise for the first time a few years ago, I felt like this lifetime commitment, like I was marrying these core values and like till death do us part. (laughs) And one of the most beautiful things I've realized is that your core values can change. And they can evolve because you're always changing and evolving. And so going through and redefining my core values recently has been so fun and powerful because I've been able to recognize who I am shedding or who I have shedded and who I am allowing to shine more. And one of my core values that I'm actually shedding right now is security, which was actually one of my top core values when I did this exercise a few years ago. And so to explain that a little bit, when I did this exercise a few years ago, I really had this sense of security being something really important to me, security as it relates to stability. So financial security, security in like work, security in home life, like all these things. This was extremely important to me because I grew up in a scarcity mindset household. And while I felt secure there, There was also a sense of like, we're going to do things in a very specific way so that we can make sure that it works out because at any time, if something shifts, like there might not be enough of something to fix it or replace it or make it better. And so for me, having security was always like stashing money in places or making sure that I had like, one of the things I did early on as a personal trainer was I always worked out of two different locations because I was like, well, in case something bad happens at one, I want to have like a backup which like no trainers do that, by the way, like very few people do that. It was like, it's this kind of weird thing where I was like, oh, I need to like always have my eggs in more than one basket because I don't want like, if they're all in one basket and that basket breaks, then what will I do? And so this was a scarcity thing that like, I always wanted to have like a plan B that was already in motion in case plan A went sideways. And there's some benefits to that, yes. But for me, it definitely came from this like scarcity mindset place. And when I recognized that, it was this huge need of security that I was... and. I'll be honest, need of control. Let's just say that. So need of security, which really I think related to a need of control for me. And now I can see that of course security matters to me, but it's not a top core value because I can recognize and own and really embrace how adaptable I am, which is something I would have never been able to identify five, six years ago when I did this exercise for the first time. So recognizing that I am shedding and have shedded a lot of this person who highly valued security in order to now value adaptability. And I talked about adaptability quotient on last week's episode, last Monday's episode, 
in owning adaptability, I don't have fear around insecurity anymore. So I don't need to prioritize security. Instead, I can see that in being adaptable, I can figure things out. So if something that is secure becomes insecure or my stability gets rocked in a certain way, my financial security shifts or changes or my work stability or security shifts and changes, I can recognize how adaptable I am and how adaptable I always have been, but I haven't ever given myself credit for and know that I'm fine. And it used to be that security was like this affirmation of like, you haven't, you've always had enough money. You can always figure it out. It's always going to be fine. You always have a roof over your head. You always have a place to go. You always have people that would take care of you if you needed them. And instead I can look at that now and say, I'm adaptable. And if everything falls apart, I can always figure it out. I always have and I always will. And that is who I am. And I actually really thrive in those moments. So you can see how those are very different core values. And that's because of an evolution of who I have become. And that's really cool to see. So when you look at these questions, that third question of who are you shedding is really, really important because it's going to help you see more clearly who you are becoming and have a lot more perspective on where you've come from. So I want you to think, who are you shedding? So maybe you're shedding that quiet little girl who doesn't speak up. Maybe you're shedding, you know, the person who doesn't own your gifts and the person who dismisses your wins and the person who never wants to shine or be, or like talk about your accomplishments. Maybe you're shedding the person who doesn't embrace your spirituality, or maybe you're shedding the person who never prioritizes fun. That's a really big one, by the way. I think those actually, those last two are both really big ones. Like people who like have secret spirituality and they never talk about it because they're afraid of being judged and people who don't prioritize fun because they think it sounds frivolous or looks frivolous or like might even look, especially in heavy times like this, it might even look naive or ignorant to be like prioritizing fun things. And I definitely have felt that for myself this summer where I'm like, oh, I feel like things are really hard and heavy in the world. Like, I don't want to be on social media being like, oh my gosh, we just had the best day, right? Even though I do want to prioritize fun. I think that there's a huge value in that. And finding that that happy medium of like, I can, these these hard things can coexist. Like that we can, things can be hard and heavy and we can also have fun. We can even prioritize having fun and we can prioritize joy when things are hard and heavy. So looking at who you are shedding, looking at who you are becoming and looking at what do you stand for? So I hope this has given you lots of ideas to do a big brain dump. Do your brain dump, come up with your list, come up with a list of core values if you want. Know that if you come to our core values workshop, I'm going to give you a list of 50 core values as samples, and you will get to work through a really cool process with a group, with me coaching, and then with a small group to narrow down your core values into a framework that really, really makes sense for you, that becomes actionable for you. So that when you go to take action, that you are not overwhelmed with decision fatigue, you're not overwhelmed with analysis paralysis, that instead you have a sense of ease, peace, confidence, and power over the decisions that you're making, over the actions that you are taking every damn day. That is what I want for you. That is what you deserve. And that is what you really, really need right now. So go to shamelessmom.com slash values to sign up for the workshop. Share the link with other friends. If you know other mamas who are stuck in places right now and they could use some clarity around all this, they could use some ease, peace, and power. Definitely, definitely share the link at shamelessmom.com slash values. So do the activity as I talked it through today, but also for sure join us for the workshop because that will really give you some completion around this activity that I think will really, really transform how you move forward 
in confidence, in power, with a loud voice, a courageous voice, a brave voice as we carry out the rest of 2020. And as we look at starting 2021 with a world that is going to be, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like based on what 2020 has been like, right? We have, there's so many things that could happen between now and then. But I want you to know, no matter what happens, I want you to know what you stand for, who you are becoming, who you are shedding so that you can live in those values and so that you can have that clarity, that ease, that peace, and that power. Thank you for listening. I will see you in a couple days. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not gonna tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.